0: Dublin's Talking Sport, with Ken Doherty and Reggie Corrigan.
1: Sponsored by InsureMyCars.ie. Low-cost car insurance specialists. See how much you can save at InsureMyCars.ie. On Sunshine 106.8. Sunshine 106.8. Sunshine Sunshine
2: 106.8. Dublin's Talking Sport. Welcome to Dublin's Talking Sports Podcast with me, Ken Daugherty, and my good friend, Reggie Corrigan. Thanks for tuning in to catch up on the latest GAA, football, rugby, and all the crack. Enjoy the show, and don't forget, rate and review wherever you get
3: your podcast.
2: very good morning to you, Declan, and good. all our listeners. Yep. Uh, hope you're well, and looking forward to... A wonderful weekend of
3: sport. Well, we certainly are. And hopefully <laughs> hopefully, the quality of what we will see on playing pitches yeah. and that over the weekend, Ken, will brighten up the dullness that we have in Dublin, certainly, uh, this morning. Yeah. That, that, that's for sure. Um this little Look. some... F-
2: Sorry. I'm looking forward to I must say I'm looking forward to the match this afternoon the Bubs against Monaghan I'm sure you are very oh. excited and, <laughs> and we'll be talking in depth about it about, Absolutely uh,
3: Absolutely There's
2: even great interest over here in England you know with all the uh, with the Irish and uh, of course getting down to the crux now the semi-finals but yeah two, two classic semi-finals and stuffers.
3: Hopefully, yes, indeed. And Brian Talty will be on looking ahead to those Mm -hmm. a a little bit uh, later on. Uh, Let's start with what's happening or had been happening. Uh, Disappointment last night, Ken, for our under 20s, beaten in the World Cup final by France, 50 points to 14. But you'd have to say, what a tremendous journey it has been for this group in some difficult circumstances throughout the tournament.
2: Yeah, fantastic. You know, I'm delighted. You know, they'll be disappointed, obviously, but a great bunch of players and also, you know, some great. Players coming through as well into the will be into the senior squad. They'll be disappointed to lose to France, but who are a great side themselves. But very very proud of of the Irish lads. You know how well they have performed.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The, the future of Irish rugby, particularly yeah. particularly bright. You get those guys coming through in a couple of years' time to supplement what we already have in the international setup. And uh, yeah, really good times to look forward to. Disappointing for them last night, but overall a, a fantastic tournament uh, for them. Um, moving to golf there now just looking at that notes here Rory McIlroy takes a one shot lead into the third round of the Scottish Open the world number three heads the field on ten under par and uh, showing real form ahead of the the Open of course uh, next week Ken
2: Yeah the next week in uh, in High Lake Royal Liverpool which is uh, obviously somewhere where it would suit Rory uh, but yeah he seems to be playing well he's been playing very consistent I mean he has a one shot lead it could have been a an awful lot better uh, a few short puts that he, he sort of uh, has missed that could have extended his lead but still he'll be very very happy you know he's, he's playing superb golf at the moment and uh, he'll be the big one to watch it's going to be very interesting at Royal Liverpool you know and it's, uh, it's one where it's, of course Tiger Woods won without, without actually going into any of the bunkers um, a few years ago but uh, yeah it's a great course Um and uh, if the weather's nice, although it hasn't been that nice over here this week, but hopefully the weather will change for next week and uh, we'll see some great scores at Royal Liverpool as well. But there's some great performances this week in the Scottish as well, uh Larry mm-hmm. and indeed Harrington as well. Yeah. He's having a tremendous season, you know, for his age, uh, both on the Seniors Tour and on the uh, PGA Tour. You know, he's he's doing fantastically well. He's playing great golf and it's great to see him uh, up there as well, you know, on the leaderboard.
3: Yeah, he's seven under at the moment, while Shane yeah. Lowry is two shots further back on five under, and Tom McKibben he's uh, he's two under. So the Irish heavily represented at the top yeah. end of the leaderboard, which which is great to see.
2: Yeah, it is fantastic, and uh, you know, particularly for Harrington, you know, uh, everything that he's achieved, you know, with the three majors in, in his career and everything else, and, and how successful he's got, you know, made that trans, transfer onto the, the senior tour, uh, winning there consistently and. You know, it's it's still he still got a lot in the tank, you know, and there's a lot of actually a lot of the commentators were touting him as, as maybe one of the picks for the Ryder Cup. I mean, who knows if he keeps playing as consistently as he has done, then why not? You know, he'd bring a, a wealth of experience, uh, former captain, of course, as well, and uh, playing good golf. He'd be a great partner for any of those, particularly Larry, in, in, in the Ryder Cup.
3: It'd be some story if he was to win <laughs> well, the Claret Joke funny. next week, wouldn't it?
2: Top all, I think,
3: really, to be honest
2: yeah it'd be quite incredible uh, you know he, lo- he loves the Lynx course as well so I, I, you know I would fancy him to do well at, at Liverpool High uh, Like, you know and uh, Larry too as well but McElroy will be the main man there's no doubt about that Uh We'll, we'll wait and see how how it goes on this uh, weekend.
3: Very good. Look forward to yeah. that and uh, the best to look to Rory indeed and Park and the rest of the boys there in the in the Scottish Open the the last tournament of course before the Open uh, next week. Um Wimbledon comes to its yeah. conclusion this weekend, Ken, and two outstanding yeah. finals, I think, in prospect, particularly the men, which we'll discuss in a moment yeah. or two, between Djokovic and Alcaraz, of course. But what about the, the women's uh, final? What odds would you give me on Marketa Vondrosova beating uh, Ange this afternoon? <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: it's, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? You know, it's going to be... I mean, Ange trying to be the first uh, African woman, you know, from Tunisia, to, to lift the Grand Slam. She's come very, very close. Uh, before in the past and uh she's trying to go one better this year but yeah wonderful talent it's gonna be a great final. Uh you know the men's final is gonna be very, very interesting as well. Djokovic go for number eight uh against uh, you know, his the up and coming star of, of tennis I think Alcaraz is mm. a fantastic player. Dismissed Medvedev yesterday in three sets and I think it's a classic final, a dream final really and without Nadal being there and a through injury uh Alcaraz is yeah, he's, he's the next best thing and it's going to be a, it'll, it'll pull up the Djokovic I still fancy Djokovic to win but it'll still it'll be a good test for mm. him you know so it'll be quite interesting how that goes on Sunday
3: Do you think it'll go to five sets? <clears throat> Could
2: possibly you know uh, I mean Djokovic yesterday he won in three sets was still very very close but would be a, a different prospect for him and he's beaten him before certainly not on grass but he, he's beaten him before and Yeah, he's a he's a quality player, Uh, very very good young player, and you know goes for his shots, very consistent. You know, good serve. He's got everything that you know. Djokovic will will find it tough against, but Djokovic going for number eight. I mean, incredible record that he has. Twenty three Grand Slams going for number twenty four. It's going to be hard to stop. Yeah, allow the crowd won't be won't no be for not They mean,
3: won't. They you won't, know, no.
2: Sinner yesterday was getting all the plaudits from the crowd and, and really sort of frustrate Djokovic. No matter what he does, you know, he he hardly ever has the crowd on his side at Wimbledon. It's quite incredible. It must be so frustrating, for
3: him, yeah. you know. I don't. I don't think in fairness, it's just Wimbledon. <laughs> he has that no. problem, but uh, <laughs> I've, I I don't know of any other sportsman or woman at the moment on the international stage who attracts so much negative attention. I prefer to concentrate what he does on the court because that's yeah. that's ultimately what, it, what he's all about you know and I, I think it could go to five tomorrow. Um, personally I hope he wins it myself um, yeah. there's been some shenanigans you might have seen during the week allegedly involving Alcaraz's father and um, Djokovic in terms of taping the training sessions and things like that so cra- crazy yeah. crazy stuff on the hollow courts of SW19 but uh, I'm going for Djokovic and Angebert doubles so let's see if if, if we're right uh, next week Okay, football Ken transfer wise Harry Kane is uh, moving to the top of the transfer saga news at the moment Uh, will he won't he go to, to, to Bayern Munich Surely, from a Spurs point of view, it makes absolute sense to cash in on him at one hundred million plus now, rather than lose yeah. him for nothing next year. Or is Ante Pajkostlu the type of man who could inspire something around Kane at Spurs next season?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the buy end thing for me, it doesn't really make sense for Harry Kane. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and as you said, Spurs are trying to cash in. But for me, I think he would be better off going probably to Chelsea or Man United if they could afford him at the moment but I don't know what's happening there the club is still not sold uh, but going to Bayern <clears throat> would he be really tested there I mean they've won it 11 times now in a row uh, ok Champions League would be a different pos- prospect for him and maybe a chance with Bayern to live the Champions League you know but you know uprooting his family at this stage of his career I don't think it'd be a good meal for him I really don't uh, I know I um, know uh, Walker's going there, isn't he? Kyle yeah. Walker from from Man City, uh, and that would help if he did go. But well, I, I just don't, and it doesn't wouldn't make sense for me uh, uh, from Harry Kane's position. He's very close to share his record uh, and Premiership goals as well. You know, he's England captain. And going to Bayern, I don't think it's I don't know. Really, it's a strange one. I think it'd be desperation from from Tottenham just to cash in, as you said, but. Mm. From the personal point of view of Harry Kane, I, I don't think it'd be a good move from the top.
3: Well, one thing Daniel Levy has is nerves of steel. But mm. obviously, the look at the characters he's dealt with over the years in his role as, as chairman at uh, at Tottenham. But at least, you know, if he goes to Bayern Munich, he's got a chance of putting some silverware on on, on the mantelpiece at home, which he realistically doesn't have at Spurs.
2: Yeah, but Does he it? could do that, you know, with even Arsenal or Chelsea,
3: yeah.
2: or and any any of those teams. Uh, United Man United that they could challenge Man City.
0: Yeah, they yeah. need
2: sort of players of of, of Harry Kane's can score and an ability, uh, and that would certainly help any of those teams. I don't think it's going to make much difference no matter who who Bayern sign. They'll probably still win the league in any way. So uh, yeah, I think better, the, the, more, the better challenge for them would be in the Premiership.
3: Mm. What are your thoughts on the Jordan Henderson situation during the week? outrageous sums of money being bandied about i think i think i read somewhere where his wages multiplied by four times or something if he goes to 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 saudi arabia what what yeah, what take on taken that coming
2: to the, you know the the final sort of stretch of his, of his career he's been an talented player for for liverpool and indeed for england um, and like he probably just wants to maybe the last couple of years of his career maybe just cash in you can understand that you know he's had a had a long, long career in the premiership and uh, the bands of money that are you know, thrown around for these players it's very hard to refuse they've attracted a lot of top players to, the, to that Saudi league and um, yeah a lot of players want to go and cash in I was reading about Sadio Mane maybe thinking of going Mitrovic wants to leave Fulham to go there as well and uh, yeah that, that pro league has become, is going to become very, very strong in the, uh, over the next couple of seasons
3: Now, delighted to be joined in studio here this morning by Sinead Kennedy. Sinead has written an inspirational book called Life is a Cycle, a true story of resilience, cycling adventures and solo travel. Well, first of all, uh, Sinead, a very good morning to you and very welcome to Dublin's Talking Sport. Nice to see you sitting still for five minutes. Thanks
0: for having me in, and It's <laughs> not, always
3: a pleasure. Not at all, not at all. This is going to be a fascinating chat, a fascinating book indeed as well. Um, you were telling me just before we came on air there that you're just back... From from a cycling expedition in France and you saw some of the Tour as well.
0: I did. It was a dream come true, Declan. I was away with uh, some really good friends. We were celebrating my uh, big birthday this year and uh, a bucket list trip for me was going to see a stage of the Tour de France and we saw stage six. It was so exciting. It's such an amazing experience to see the guys in action and you know, just the excitement of the stage coming through and the whole paraphernalia. I I just don't know how they do it. They are superhuman.
3: Mm. I remember when it came to Dublin the many years ago, it actually passed my house. So I didn't have to go too far and watch it, thankfully. But uh, no, fair play. You were talking, going back to, to your story, you were talking about the lockdown period, um, which you said was extremely hard. It affected your business and your mental health in, in a negative sense. And instead of sitting around worrying about it and all the rest like people may tend to do you did something reasonably extreme I think it's fair to say tell us what you did in that, in that period or after that period
0: it, it was pretty extreme I, I'll be honest with you yeah, I was struggling I had uh, yeah like everybody um, you know lockdown lockdown you know, personally, you know, financially, it hit me very hard. But also because I live alone and work alone, I, I was feeling quite alone. And it just I was just really fed up with the whole thing. So I took my bike to Spain and I cycled from the north of Spain all the way down to the south of Spain. But um, I have a really great friend in Madrid and I stopped in for three days on the way to see her, which was great. I had met her in Colombia because I do travel solo all over the world. Mm. So it's brilliant to have contacts um, here, there and everywhere that I can go and visit when I want to.
3: Is it true what I read in the notes here? that you had just one change of clothes?
0: Yeah, so I had one cycling kit with me and then um, because it was uh, summer, it was July in Spain, it was incredibly hot. So I just had a little uh, sundress and a pair of sandals and um, yeah, some sun cream and a phone charger and that was it. But I always travel with my travel teddy so he comes everywhere and he was at the Tour de France last week as well. Yeah. When you sit down to think
3: about these adventures and and plan them out Um, what's the major motivation behind what you do and where you go
0: uh, to be honest with you, Declan, sometimes I don't think about things and that's how I get myself into so many situations. I would be uh, quite spontaneous and sometimes I'll just get online, buy a ticket and then kind of go, oh, what have I done? Um, so Spain, to, to be honest with you, the reason I went to Spain and I travelled the whole way down to Spain was my sister was having her special birthday at the time Um in August when travel was back allowed and I just decided that a great way to get to Portugal would be to cycle through Spain and uh, just to get away from everything and everyone I was just kind of sick of the radio and the the whole covid thing so i just had to really mm-hmm. just get away from everybody but uh yeah no i've gone cycling in colombia and um when i was doing my research for colombia for my three-week trip i was like oh you know what all the famous cyclists come from colombia i love cycling uh let's see what i can do there so that's how i ended up cycling the longest climb in the world and that's another chapter in the book mm-hmm. um because it was it's quite a funny story mm-hmm. what happened there
3: we're talking to Sinead Kennedy here this morning who has written a book, Life is a Cycle, a true story of resilience, cycling adventures and solo travel as well. We've already heard about a trip from the north to the south of Spain, a trip to France to see the Tour de France and taking a spin while she's there and Colombia as well. Um, that's, that's a strange one to me. By the way, you do know you can fly Dublin to Portugal <laughs> with registered airlines. You don't have to cycle through Spain to do it. Oh, I, just, oh, oh, fair, I have to take my hat off to you. It's, it's, it's a fascinating story it's a fascinating life that you lead as well but tell us about some of your experiences in Colombia
0: So I I absolutely adored Colombia. And, you know, Colombia is one of those places that when you say you're going to Colombia solo, particularly as a woman, people automatically, you can hear all the, you know, people just uh, hush because they're all thinking like drugs, you know, drug mules, Pablo Escobar. And it's a really unfair um, picture of Colombia, to be honest, which it's a bit like sort of the drunken Irish. You know, it's a bit of a, you know, it's not fair. It's not a true reflection of the country. It's a fascinating country. It's absolutely huge. And I spent time, I did a four-day trek in and out of the lost city, Las Ciudad which is the lost, it's hidden in the jungle and you have to go at a tour guide. And that's how I met my friend from um, Madrid. You know, we were on the same trek. So what I love most about travelling solo and going on all these adventures is that within each adventure, there's another adventure. And inevitably, you might have to take a small tour. And then you're meeting other like-minded people. So you're never alone. People always say mm. about... Or you're not afraid to travel solo. You, you're never alone and that's what I love about it. I meet people from all over the world and I just have the best time of my life. And I guess um, that I'm, I really am myself when I'm there. You know, you're not under any pressure to be this, that or the other to other people. You're just yourself and yeah. that's what I love most about being alone mm. on my adventures.
3: And speaking of being alone on your adventures, although you do say you do meet people naturally enough as you, as you go along. What do your family make of all this? I mean, what would they have made of it initially when you suggested you were going to do something like this?
0: Um, I've been traveling solo so long. Like, I went off to college in the UK, you know, when I was 18 and that. So, I've kind of always been pretty independent and I've always had a love of travel. Um, They're used to me now, as long as I keep in touch. You know, my mum and dad obviously have their concerns. but But, you know, with WhatsApp and with everything else now, you can call them and, and you know very often I'll bring my mom on the tour of a church you know I'll video call her and I'll say oh hey I'm in this really exciting church or something and you know she's quite into history so uh, you know I'll bring her on an actual virtual tour so you know it's a great way that we can keep in touch as well and uh, you know we have a great connection then because we have something in common yeah. and actually I'm taking her on a big adventure soon and um, we're going to Bruges and Budapest in the summer and uh, she's going to sort of have a little backpacking yeah, adventure with good. me so yeah it's going yeah. to be great yeah, shall, to shall show her my side of uh, my world.
3: Mm, She'll love Budapest. And the mix of the modern and and the and the past there as well. So the book, Life is a Cycle. How long has that been uh, in in the pipeline? I mean, yeah, some wonderful stories in it, and it's a it's an excellent read. And you'll take the opportunity to tell us um, where we where the listeners may be able to pick up copies as well.
0: So. I, the book took me three years to write and I actually started it on a beach in Cuba one day. As I was, you do. As you do. I've been kind of thinking about it and, uh, you know, I'd written some articles for the Irish Independent and travel things and blogs. And then I was like, do you know what? I've got so many good stories that, you know, maybe it would be worth writing them down. But the book was uh, very different. You know, what I started to what I finished with are two completely different things. But it did. It took three years to write and the book starts back in 2005 is where the story starts when I was going through a really really rough time in my life I was very down nothing was going right I was in my early 30s and I just couldn't fit into society Um, I just wasn't doing great in myself in, in life at all and then there was a massive intervention and then I decided to pick myself up, dust myself off, get on with life and get going on all these solo adventures and that's what the story's is about, is about resilience, you know, taking responsibility for your happiness in your life and your mental health and sure there's been ups and downs since 2005 so it hasn't all been plain sailing, there's been broken hearts and sicknesses and broken legs and things like that but at the end of the day I know I'll always overcome whatever's thrown at me
1: mm. and I think
0: that's uh, what Probably makes me a little bit different or stand outish. That um, I never give up. I'll just you know I'll crawl on my hands and knees if I have to.
3: Oh, it's, a, it's an inspirational story. There's absolutely no, no doubt about it. Available, I'm sure, in all good bookstores around. Uh, aware. Um,
0: so it's actually available in a lot of bike shops so the bike shops have been hugely supportive towards me um, so you can buy my book in Cycle Superstore at in in Joe Daly's in Dundrum it's available in uh, independent bookshops actually and then obviously you can buy it online on my website SineadEKennedy.com and I will deliver it to your door yeah. not personally unfortunately well, you might on the bike But <laughs> well, you might on the bike I, I have done in Dublin I've knocked on people's doors going here's your book yeah. finally where's
3: the next uh, adventure Sinead where are you off to? The
0: the next adventure, well, like I said, we're going to Bruges and to Budapest with my mom, and then hopefully Panama for Christmas. I love to get away every December. Uh, I just hate the darkness. It's too dark and again that's something that I have to do for my own self-care is just get the heck out of Ireland get out of the winter and the darkness and go somewhere beautiful and amazing.
3: Take my hat off to you, fair play. It is It is an inspirational read of a book and it's been inspirational listening to you for the last few minutes as well. And uh, do you do a blog? Do you do online stuff so that people can follow? So I
0: actually, yeah, my website is SineadEKennedy.com but I am actually now a life coach as well, a mental health and wellness coach because I feel so strongly about helping people to overcome their troubles and... You know, I'm a huge fan of having an audit with myself every year. You know, we do an N C T for our car but you know we rarely sit back and have a look at our own life, our feelings and what we want to achieve. So that's where I'm headed and I just really want to help everybody to live their best life.
3: Well listen, continued success with your travels and with the book as well. Sinead, thank you very much indeed for coming into the studio to talk to us this morning. Thank you as well. Okay, you're with Dublin's Talking Sport on Sunshine 106.8 with thanks to InsureMyVan.ie. I'm going to turn our attention now to Gaelic games and before we talk to Brian Talty about the weekend's football At Croke Park in the All-Ireland semi-finals, just some housekeeping. Congratulations to Nave Barogue and Whitehall Column Kill during the week. Nave Barogue won the National Adult Football League Division 3 title, while Whitehall Column Kill won the Division 2 crown. And I understand that's the first time in 23 years that they'll be playing senior Division 1 football in the league next year. I'm sure Eileen Troy out there will be a particularly happy woman with that news this morning. Hurling: Ballyboden St Enda's beat Oliver Plunkett's own Rua two twenty-five to one seventeen on Wednesday in the go-ahead Dublin A Senior Hurling Championship. So good start for the recently crowned adult hurling league winners there. Well last night Luke and Sarsfields under the guidance of the great Charlie Carter from Kilkenny beat defending champions Chemical Croaks 118 to 221 at O'Toole Park There are two games taking place one either side of the city tomorrow in the championship in Group 1 St Bridget's take on Kula at O'Toole Park in Crumlin from 3 o'clock while on the other side of the city the uh, turnstile should be clicking over nicely at Parnell Park you would think for Nafina versus St Vincent's 3 o'clock start for that Nafina of course starting out hoping to win the county title after disappointment in the finals for the last couple of seasons. Right, there's only one place to be this afternoon. It's Croke Park. 1730 hours. Dublin versus Monin for the right to be the first team into the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship final for 20 23. Delighted to be joined on the line now by our good friend and colleague Brian Talty to look ahead not only to that game but also of course tomorrow's clash of Derry and Kerry as well. Brian have we whetted the appetite significantly for you?
1: where well, wet, wet is the point. <laughs> yes, yes. Not a great word for this morning, to be honest. It yeah. is. It is. But, uh, yeah, no. We're, it, it's funny, you know, Declan, that the semi-final is on today because there hasn't been a huge amount of talk about it, which is which is surprising. But just just as, the, as we walked this morning, we looked out and. Despite the wet day, we're all delighted to get to Crow Park and really looking forward to the game
3: absolutely, as I say, five thirty this evening uh, A lot of people, Brian may have been concerned about the Mayo game going into it, you know, stepping up against a quality division one team. But I think Desi and the boys uh, laid down a serious marker a few minutes before half-time and particularly a few minutes after the break as well when they got that burst was a 1-4 without reply to burn off Mayo. That was impressive and just at the right time as
1: well. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose they were a little bit worried because, you know, when you were looking at the championship so far, the, the performances were kind of up and down but, I think they always were of the opinion and everybody was of the opinion that they were going to get to a quarter-final. So that's why that quarter-final against Mayo when the draw was made was, was a, huge, um, a huge one because that really motivated Dublin. Like Because Mayo and Dublin over the last few years, as we all know, have been great rivals and have had some great games in Crow Park. So, uh, But as you say, Declan, uh, the 1-4 that scored in that period of time, game was over after that. But what we did see there was the desire and the the, the work rate was back and we saw Brian Fenton gritting his teeth and uh, and clinching his fists and you don't see that that often. But that just just shows you how they had built up for this game Uh, and the desire was back and the desire was back with fellas who had four or five or six All-Ireland medals in their back pocket and that's the big thing for today, Declan. Mm. The desire, the work rate was back and the forwards were unbelievable.
3: And one man who hopefully will get the opportunity to contest for a ninth medal, one of a few of them, is James McCarthy, the Rolls-Royce from Ballymun. Uh, Having an outstanding season as well and driving the team on with real purpose and uh, desire as well, Brian, which is fantastic to see.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable you know I mean I mean, this, uh, those lads with, with you know four or five All-Ireland medals in their back pockets to have that desire and that motivation to keep going and to want more is unbelievable but James like his first half performance wasn't great Dickman, and uh, unless somebody said something to him or whatever at half time or what, he sat down himself and said right now I need to do this Great from the Troy and Declan. He was driving forward. He was driving the team forward, and it it was like as everybody came with him, you know, because the performance in the second half was so much better than 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 the first half, and they just blitzed Mayo. Mayo had no answer to it at all.
3: A lot of talk too about the form of Colly Basgallop, Ali Bowden, Saint Enda's, and you and I have watched them long enough in the club scene, indeed in the inter-county scene over the last uh, couple of years, Brian. And he's had some ups and downs, of course, in that period as well. But uh, 2023 may very well be remembered for the year of Colly Basquale He's had a fantastic uh, couple of uh, of months in the blue shirt.
1: Declan, i uh, absolutely delighted. As you say, we've watched uh, Colly and, and Ryan Bascal being great leaders for Ballyboden all through championships over the last few years. Uh, and I'll never forget one day, Declan, I was in Abbottstown in the GA Centre uh, and just amazed that after Ballyboden had won in All-Ireland, I saw Ryan and Collie Bascal with a, with, a, with a strength and conditioning coach and a spring coach out on the field. And I just was amazed. I said, these guys are after winning in All-Ireland and now they're thinking again of driving on now Cully didn't have a great time after that to be honest with you but they're still at it and he, his performance the last day was unbelievable now this, is, uh, this adds another uh, arrow to the bow for, for Dublin I suppose because now you have five or six forwards who have to be marked and I don't think there's any other team left in the championship or any other team in the country that have so many forwards that can be so dangerous and can get so many scores Cully's performance the last day you know what I mean the ball he has between two Mayo men turn and stuck in the back of the net was just unbelievable and I suppose his dad is a Mayo man so he's probably thrilled after the last Mayo game he played it wasn't that successful for him but delighted for Collie because he's been brilliant at club level for so many years and the one thing I'd have to say as well Declan is um, Desi Farrell gets a lot of criticism but Desi Farrell has seen Collie Bascal at underage level all up along He's obviously put great confidence into him and he's now playing and he's hopefully again today he's going to have a big performance.
3: The team of course was released yesterday, or the squad was released yesterday and as per usual in Dublin it comes with a health warning, two or three yeah. changes almost guaranteed every game. He's listed Owen Merchant at at cornerback, I have to say he didn't look that great really coming off against Mayo the last day. Um, would that be one of the changes you might expect to see in the team today, maybe with Darren Newcombe co- co- coming into it perhaps?
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, as you say, Owen has had awful problems with his hamstrings. He just, he just sprints too fast. That's the problem with that man. But uh, uh, he would be a big loss. But certainly, there is, I just, I'm just i just thinking maybe Lee Gannon might move back to cornerback and you might see Jack starting now. Not too sure about that. But, but certainly, uh, he, he should be a doubt you just never know you know
3: yeah you don't know till about half an hour before a throw in when the team comes yeah, up the interesting
1: one up. I'm looking at the, the squad is the, the addition of Padder or Coffee Burr yeah. mm. to the substitutes now I'm saying to myself I hope there's no problems around the middle of the field or anything like that and that's why uh, Padder has come into it but again another great young player and we're glad to see him coming into the panel
3: the challenge this afternoon is, is Monaghan, who have had uh, challenges along the way, shall we say, in getting to this particular stage, not least the last day when they went all the way against uh, Armagh to, to, to spot kick. So they're battled hard and they're resilient. They will welcome and relish the Dublin challenge this afternoon. Now, if you're the, the Monaghan banished door on his management team, and I believe Gabriel Bannigan is part of that team, of course, was involved with Kilmacle Croaks in the past as well, how do you approach this game from a Monaghan perspective?
1: I have to say Gabriel is a big plus to them because uh not alone was he involved with Kilmacud, he also managed since Saints, Saints investors in Malahide as well. So has a huge knowledge of Dublin football. But I think I think Monaghan have a huge knowledge of Dublin football because as we know, Paddy Gilroy when he wanted to get to, to see if the fellas had the stomach for the fight, where did he go? He went to Monaghan on wet days like this, on small pitches, uh, to see if the lads had the had the stomach for her. so he obviously rates Monaghan highly as well, you know, but how are they going to do it? It's, it's a big challenge to them, to be honest with you, Declan, because now they have to decide, do we come out and try and contain Dublin, or do we go out to try and win the game? So, I, I'd, I'd assume you're going to go with a mix of this. Like, So, they have some very good defenders, Um but it's going to be hard to mind that Dublin forward line, but the battle around the middle of the field is going to be interesting as well. and I like this young Kieran Lavelle that they have around the middle. He might go man-to-man on Fento or, or James McCarthy. Big job for him, but uh, he looks well capable of doing that. But I think what they're going to do, they're going to pick men to do jobs. Uh, but have they enough men to do jobs on this Dublin team, uh, it's doubtful. But their threat comes from, from young McCarthy at half-back. Uh, Carol O'Connell at half back, these guys bursting forward, you know. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think you might see De- Desi Ward, who's, who's down for number 50, moving back into defence and maybe working as a sweeper or whatever. But they're going to have to work really hard to contain Dublin. But I think they might like, as well, like with McCarthy and Boyle and, and uh, O'Connell driving forward. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. But it's a big challenge for them. Big challenge for for
3: Monaghan, to be honest. Well, it'll be interesting too. Is the level of traffic? It's a sellout, I believe, at Crow Park this afternoon. So, the,
1: the, yeah, the... you know. What they, i was just thinking, Dickie, while you're saying that, like, I mean, they have some very good forwards as well, and they have forwards who who are used to playing with these Dublin lads. Like, I mean, the likes of Michael Brannigan um, played with DCU, so did um, Young McCarthy, and and then you have O'Hanlon and Mohan. Now, Mohan may go to full forward, and they may try and put in a few balls. Everybody seems to think the Dublin full-back line is a weak spot. Now, I don't know how long they're saying that, Declan. They're definitely saying it a few years, uh, you know, despite d- different personnel in there now and everything like that, but uh, they'll find out maybe shortly that it's not that weak, but uh, Moan could be a full forward and put a lot of ball into him with McCarran coming off him, you know, So, uh, and then, of course, they have the great Kieran McManus. What do they do? Do they start him or do they bring him in? So, yeah, that
3: would be the interesting challenge. As I was going to say, yeah, that tra- the traffic coming down that road this afternoon will be fairly heavy because they'll be coming down from, from down, of course, for the Talchon Cup and also making the relatively short trip in from the Royal County uh, as well for the, the curtain raiser at uh, Croke Park this afternoon. Brian, we lost semi-finals to Mayo and, and Kerry. Over the last uh, couple of years, Mayo, after extra time, carry agonisingly uh, with that last gas free last year. Are we going to be looking forward to our first All Ireland final since 2020 later on this evening from a Dublin perspective?
1: Well I'm bringing my grandson uh, in for his first Dublin game so I'm hoping and don't spoil the party but uh, I can't see Monaghan beating Dublin to be honest with especially with the, the forward line that Dublin have and, and then around the middle of the field we're so strong and then you're backed up with Johnny Small at, at centre half back and these fellas drive and the big thing of course Declan is when you look at Jack McCaffrey, uh, Kieran Kilkenny, Dean Rock uh, and these fellas in the South to come in and change again. game. Dublin looked very strong and I, I expect them to win by five or six points.
3: Oh, please, glad you're right, Brian. You usually are. In fairness, will you make these yeah. predictions? Fair play. Nice. <laughs> indeed, indeed. for For your your grandson's uh, for, from your grandson's perspective, course, yeah. as, as as well, great, great to to be able to bring him to to Crow Park for the first time. Yeah, always, yeah. Always, a, always a great experience. Tallaght and Cup of course is on before it. Meath and Down. Um, some question marks maybe about scheduling that game with the Dublin Monaghan game. Uh, what What are your What are your thoughts on that? It, it, it's going to be an excellent occasion between. Between these two, because of course they have the big prize of a guaranteed spot in the All Ireland series next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I you know, and it, isn't it interesting that we're looking at these two teams who have been, you know, Sam Maguire wears over the years and now they're at Tolchin Cup level. But that that is their level now, and, and fairness to Colin O'Rourke, He's grasped it, and he said, "Look, this is development for us, and that's what he's been doing. And he's been bringing the young fellas on, and so on, and changing their way of playing and stuff like that. And the same with Laverty and Down. So they've grasped it, and they've gone for it. And it's great to see them. I think it's great to see them in Crow Park. I think the big difficulty probably is all about tickets today, because they're going to bring a big crowd with them as well, you know. But I think it's great to see them in Crow Park, and I think we'll have a great game as well because they're, they're going to be two attacking teams. We saw what Down did in the semi final." Like so, so I think both teams would go for it and we'll see a great game of football with maybe big scores at the end, you know. So, yeah, we'll be interested to see how both teams go.
3: Yeah, Westmead made a fair, de- decent fist of it this year, having won it last year. So, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, absolutely,
1: t- they were within the kick of a ball they to get to the quarterfinals. So, yeah, so,
3: yeah, it was there that day in, in Kingspan and Park when they could and possibly should have beaten uh, Tyrone. But speaking of Ulster. Thanks for listening to Dublin Stock in Sport and Sport on
2: Sunshine 106.8 from myself Ken and Reggie. Have a good weekend. <laughs>